Hello, everyone. This is John, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master for the Almost Heroes campaign. So you saw this pop into your your feed. You're like, wow, that's not a normal episode of the Almost Heroes. And you're completely, completely right. Uh, For the next two weeks, we're going to be telling a bit of a prologue story to the Almost Heroes main campaign. Uh, It's going to touch on a lot of uh, familiar places, uh, but it's going to be 200 years in the past before the Almost Heroes campaign started. And it's going to include uh, Luther the Warforged, uh, back when he was still known as Bryn Goldbreak the Human uh, of the illustrious Goldbreak family, as well as kind of some of the adventures of his traveling companions and how those adventures led to... Uh, him being where he is uh, in the Almost Heroes campaign so far, and some story elements that will be tying into the overall Almost Heroes campaign. Uh, We also have some amazing, amazing guest stars that I'm very uh, excited to welcome to the show. Uh, They were wonderful to work with, and I think that you all are going to love them. Um, But the reason we're going to be doing this is because uh, Bobby, who plays Cosmo on the Almost Heroes, is having surgery. Uh, It's nothing super major. He's completely fine. Uh, but he's going to be convalescing for the next two weeks. So in the meantime, uh, Brian, Dan, and myself uh, wanted to record something uh, special for you all so that, you know, you didn't go two weeks without the Almost Heroes. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the first part of this two-part story we have for you that we're calling Bryn's Legends. Before we get started, I want to uh, introduce uh, a couple guests that we have joining the Almost Heroes for this week uh, from the Arcane Focus. Hey, really, really happy to be uh, a part of this and to join you guys at Almost Heroes. Uh, both me and Amber, we stream uh, on the weekends uh, as well as Fridays. And uh, honestly, uh, we're just excited to be part of this really awesome adventure. Awesome. Glad to have you. We're so stoked to have you uh, for this uh, for this fun romp. It's going to be uh, you know it's going to fill in a little bit of the you know the lore of the Almost Heroes world. Um, and uh, yeah, one one thing is uh, all these characters are uh, completely uh, created like the canon was created uh, by all the players. So all these these characters now will now be kind of like uh, chiseled into the stone that is you know the legends of the Almost Heroes story uh, were kind of you know created uh, by all these players here. So. Uh, love that you all have, will kind of leave uh, an everlasting mark on you know the world that we're playing in. Uh, so, welcome everyone to a kind of prologue uh, story to the Almost Heroes, uh, the Almost Heroes story that we've been telling uh, so far. Uh, this is going to take place 200 years before the Almost Heroes story even begins, uh, and this story is going to focus on Bryn Goldbreak before uh, he ever became Luther the Warforged, uh, and it's going to focus on his adventures as well as his group of travel companions. So, uh, Bryn is a, uh, a human, uh, kind of like red-haired, like fiery human, uh, who is one of the uh, 
He's part of like the noble family of Sakal. The, the current ruling family of Sakal uh, is the Goldbreak family. There are four main families in Sakal, uh, the Goldbreaks, the Silverstreams, the Bronze Guards, and the Blackworms. Uh, and currently, the Goldbreaks are the ones uh, that are the ruling family. Uh, Bryn was destined to be, uh, as he's the, the eldest uh, heir to the throne, he was destined to become the next ruler after his father passes, but has kind of chosen instead a life of adventure and has kind of like shrugged off a lot of those responsibilities uh, in exchange, you know, for that, you know, that that life of traveling and being on the road. Uh, you know, it's it's more, uh, it's it's a harder life, it's a rougher life, but still one that's you know full of notoriety, uh, you know, as you uh, accomplish, you know, quest after quest. So uh, now that we've talked about uh, Bryn a little bit, um, I would love to go around and meet all of his traveling companions. So, uh, Brian, if you would be so kind as to start us off. Sure. Uh, I am Brian. I will be playing uh, Sal, uh, Salgy Humble Bumble uh, of the Humble Bumble Gnomes. Uh, no, I am not your friend. No, I don't want to talk to you. I'm an abjuration wizard. Stay away from my friends. Uh, Amber. I don't even know if I can say my last name <laughs> that I picked for this character. I'm Amber. I'm playing uh, Adela. I want to say Zethelos. Um, long story short, picked those names out of a Eldridge generator. So I ended up with this. Um, she is an Eldridge knight. She's kind of got a stern personality and she probably doesn't get humor very well. Um, <laughs> and she's kind of been a loner until she's been with this group. So she takes things very literal, if you can kind of picture like a Drax character, like she doesn't kind of get those nuances. Awesome. I'm Dan, and I'm playing uh, Intervarello Callen. I am a Gloomstalker Ranger, very old, I make for help uh, my friend Bryn, his little boy. Now he's no longer a little boy. But we go on many adventures, do uh, many uh, adventurous things, and uh, uh, these people, they, they're all right people. Mike? Hi, I'm Mike, uh, and uh, today I'll be playing uh, as, I'll be playing as Treve. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a small guy. Uh, I'm a halfling. I, I like to hide a lot. I don't really want to get hurt, but uh, I've been working with the gold bricks for a while now, and uh, uh, they, they treat me right and pay my bills. Awesome. Without further ado, uh, we are picking up with the this kind of intrepid band of adventurers led by Bryn, uh, kind of mid-quest. Uh, mid uh, you all have been tasked uh, you know, throughout many, many adventures and many quests, going hither and yon, uh, you know, some for gold, uh, many times for not, because uh, Bryn isn't really motivated by financial uh, gain uh, coming from a kind of noble family money isn't something that he's had to worry about in the past, uh, much to the chagrin of many of the companions who would really like to, to get some coin from the, uh, the missions that you all are going on. Uh, a lot of times it is just for the kind of satisfaction and the reward of just, you know, a, a smile on the face of the person that's been saved. But uh, what you all have been tasked with is 
there has been some excavations and some kind of archaeological digs going on in the uh, what is known as the Sea of Sand in the southeastern side of Sakal, um, this large sand-covered region, uh, and they've been kind of hunting for these kind of arcane, uh, uh, essentially like detecting, like they've been detecting this like kind of these these arcane traces that they've been trying to dig down and recover these artifacts that are buried below the sand. Uh, one of which being a, this ancient kind of iron golem-esque like warforged body that is of no make that they can recognize. Uh, it seems to be much older uh, than any of the current like Warforged creations that exist. Um, and Warforges are something that is only, have only popped up within the last you know hundred years or so uh, within this world, as far as like you know recent memory. Uh, so this thing is kind of a a question mark as to where it came from, what it is. Uh, you can tell that even though it's made of solid mithril, uh, it has been underground for some time. Um, and exactly what its purpose is, or what it was, uh, is is a mystery. Uh, though it is definitely uh, full of arcane magics, um, it doesn't seem to be active or sentient, uh, or doesn't seem to be living at all uh, currently. And so, the mission before you is to take this uh, this essentially inactive warforged body, uh, traverse it across uh, the continent of Sakal to the west coast. Uh, where then you can put it on a ship uh, headed out of Westreach uh, across the seas to the continent of Nuarda, uh, where the the dwarven city of Goldengrim uh, has been doing a lot of work on developing uh, warforges uh, and kind of like this new style. Um, it's been kind of becoming more and more popular and more and more like almost like an arms race there of developing these kind of like metal bodies. Uh, it's even gone so far as to many of the there there are um, many dwarves there that have actually kind of like to, especially towards the ends of their life kind of decide to forego their corporeal forms to uh, inhabit these kind of like mechanical bodies instead uh, to kind of live past like death essentially um, so uh, as they are the current experts on you know, these warforges uh, it seems like it would be fitting to uh, take this this body there and to see what they make of it. Um, you all are about halfway through your journey currently, and you have uh, traveled kind of north uh, northwest across the call, traveling past um, you know the mountain ranges across the, the 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 multitudes of rivers around kind of the von Herslock, um, and have as you're just starting to like get tired from uh, and weary from a day's travel, um, you find yourself approaching your destination stop for the night. Uh, you, as your kind of, uh, your kind of band of adventurers is uh, traveling with this cart that is just kind of like covered and has the, you know, the body of the Warforged laying in the back of it. Um, maybe a couple of you are riding alongside, or like riding on top of it. Maybe, you know, a few of you are walking. Um, you come across what looks like uh, a, the beginnings of a large pit mining operation. Um, and before you kind of come to the edge of that, you see a sign that says, Welcome to Tintown, brought to you by the Boulder Fist Mining Company. Uh, this kind of like wooden sign that's like, you know, has been painted and like is as ornate as possible. Kind of one of those those things where it's 
it's very humbly made, but it's, you can tell that someone spent a lot of time with kind of like the filigree and, and trying to like make it look as good as possible without, with very few resources. Um, and below that sign, you see a couple other signs that are kind of attached to it as well, kind of tacked up haphazardly. Uh, one of which says that, you know, if you're looking for gold and can swing a pick, uh, come join the Boulder Fist Mining Company. So you seem like some sort of advertisement to join this Boulder Fist Mining Company, uh, trying to get more miners involved in there. If you can swing a pick or swing a sword, uh, they want you on their team. Uh, you also see below that one that is much more scrawled like a, almost like a child. It's very childlike. And it just says about four words. It says, Matic. And then below that, it says, Ale equals one silver. And then below that, scrawled even, the like probably the clearest of all of them, but just because from practice probably, it just says Tom, T-O-M-M. Um, and so as you kind of pass by the sign, uh, you come to the edge of what you assume to be Tin Town. Um, if you're familiar with pit mining, it's essentially like a half mile wide hole in the ground that has tiered down one or two times. Uh, it's just a big wide circle hole in the ground um, that, you know, there are tiered levels uh, that are kind of descending downwards in almost like a funnel into the ground. Um, at, in the center of the hole, you can see what looks like some sort of, you know, ramshackle mining, uh, like, building, you know, probably like a main... Uh, you know, a main hub for the mining operation that's going on there, as well as like kind of a lot of tents and mining camp, uh, you know, set up around it. Uh, and then you can see that in kind of the, the upper tier uh, that kind of surrounds this lower pit in the middle, uh, you can see that there are a multitude of kind of haphazardly constructed homes and businesses. Um, one of which you can see from the distance uh, has a kind of big sign on the front of it that does say Matic. But yes, so uh, as you all are kind of like descending this ramp that's taking you down to the first tier of this kind of pit mining town, um, what would you all like to do? Where would you all like to go? Uh, Treve looks over to the pit that is currently like in the cart. He's currently sitting in the cart looking over to the pit and just sort of Shakes his head, shakes his head a bit. Eh. Everyone will do anything for for gold. I mm, this this is dangerous. This this isn't good. Yes, it is the thing of dwarfs and the many men. They keep digging deeper until they find problems. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I could I could see you do this, Intrave. I I absolutely absolutely. Just to get clarification, it's like in our way. Uh, yeah. So essentially, like this, this is something that you would have known is existed. This is essentially uh, Tin Town is a, a kind of a a frontier town, newer uh, kind of newly formed town uh, that is essentially built around this this mining operation that is digging just deep into the uh, deeper and deeper uh, down into the continent of Sakal. But it is in your way, uh, but also it was kind of a planned stop for the night to uh, get a, a long rest. Sal's going to kind of sidle up next to Bryn and said, uh, Bryn, <laughs> lost my voice there. Uh, Bryn, are we uh, going to go grab some drinks or are we just sleeping in the cart again? No, I think y'all, uh, I think y'all might have, I think we all might have earned, uh, 
us quite a, a night of respite. So, I mean, I, I think we have plenty coin on us to be able to get some drinks if that's what you're looking to looking to do. So, I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to sleep in the cart again. I, I got bad splinters. Now, Treve, I. I've been trying to I've been trying to get you to to put down a blanket or or something, but I I understand you. Uh, <laughs> My feet get I cold. Like... I, I, they they got they they gotta cover it. You also got like a fear of anything on the ground. Uh, bugs. And you uh, also moles. roll when you sleep. That's why you get the splinters. I did not know that. You're welcome. I feel like we should just start uh tying you down, tree where you go sleep. I I. I... Please don't do that, Sal. Well, we'll think about it. Once you're asleep, there's not much you can do anyways. Oh, okay. I call Nodded if he has nightmares. I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I, I think that you all start making your way down, um, kind of down into the first level. Um, and as you do so, uh, you see uh, the a couple a couple people start to approach you as you as you start kind of like cresting the edge and and think of like a, a spiraling pathway that kind of is taking you down through these uh, these kind of tiered steps that make up this uh, this pit mining town um, and as you're kind of going down into the the first tier uh, towards the matic you uh, see these three approach you uh, it, it seems like they're wearing this kind of like uh, you can tell that they are they're 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 miners in general like they're they're kind of wielding uh, pickaxes uh, and then also uh, maybe like a short sword on their hip uh, you can see there's probably a human uh, and then probably uh, a dwarf and then that are kind of flanking this other dwarf who has like kind of like wild unkept auburn hair with a very long uh, auburn beard uh, he's not his clothes are a lot less. Uh, like dirty and you can tell that he's you know he may not be in the mines themselves working uh, but he gives off an air of kind of uh, you know of authority I guess would be the term um, they have a, an eye patch uh, but aside from that they just have a, a battle axe kind of strapped onto their back and as they approach you I welcome to welcome to Tin Town brought to you of course by the Boulder Fist Mining Company Go on, Tree. Uh, just grunts. Grin. Well, it's it's nice to meet you. It seems like you've gotten this all approved by, you know, uh, the the family stuff. This is quite an operation y'all have going on here. I where uh. NPC DM conversation. Whenever, whenever there's a whenever there's a chance, you always you always aim for it. You gotta make it happen. It's, <laughs> I, I set myself up for this by gave uh, yourself by making, an NPC. <laughs> I, I did, unfortunately. Um, I we're uh, we've got all the proper proper paperwork and and uh, permissions, but I appreciate your uh, yeah. So I. I have a lot of high hopes and big plans for this place. Uh, of course, we haven't found much more so far, but uh, our hope is to find some magical ores deeper down. But so far, it's just been just a hell of a lot of tin. Ah, I thought uh, the name. I presume that's why you call it Tin Town, yes? Uh, 
Yeah. I don't get it. Uh. Bravo! I mean, you think if you dig in a big enough hole, you find something else. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Sal, Sal looks over towards, uh, oh god, names. Uh, Amber, what's your character's name? Adela. Adela, and <laughs> just casts message and very quietly goes, so, should we just, like, kill this guy, or are we gonna keep I mean, <laughs> if I respond, I respond out loud, huh? You could whisper it. <laughs> She's a. I feel like she's probably not that subtle. <laughs> hey, go with your go with your gut. <laughs> she's gonna try and whisper. I mean, I was looking forward to getting a drink. I mean, if you want to put him in the hole, I can put him in the hole. <laughs> and he think... like just kind of kind of looks over to her and just like shakes nods. Okay. I think that um, I, I think that the dwarf was uh, a little bit uh, a little bit preoccupied, but kind of like you hear you see him kind of look over at you curiously for a second, and then goes, "I will." Sounds like you all have plans. I'll let you be on your way. I, I, I we, we, we have very very important uh, uh, cargo. Is there a place we can uh, buy, I, I keep it close and safe? I close and safe is uh, that's that's kind of up to you to defend it here, but uh, oh. you might have luck if you stick around the mattock. There's generally people there on a regular basis, but if you have something that is of high value, I would keep it covered if I were you. Oh uh, no, no, not not high val value, just very important. Uh, you shift, see the, shifts his eyes real quick, like he like. Uh -oh. I was gonna say you see you, you see face. one of the one of the guards kind of like look over at the other uh, at at the other one and kind of like raise their eyebrow, like, oh. Uh, uh, um, I think I think Bryn kind of steps in and goes, well, uh, I, like I said, it was wonderful meeting you. Uh, I think we're gonna take you up on that offer. Go go visit the Matic at the very least. Get ourselves a, a warm meal. It's been quite a quite a trip. Um, Sal's gonna look. Sal's gonna look to Tree and say, "It'll be fine. I'll I'll set an alarm if if anybody touches it." Oh, you've we'll done that. Out about it. You've done that many many times. That's good. Yes, yeah, that's a good idea. I, I do the same thing when you fall asleep to make sure you don't wander off. Uh, I I I'm learning very a lot of things. You're a heavy sleeper. Uh, I was gonna bet you I told gold he was gonna walk into the hole, but I mean, since we're gonna let him out of the cart. <laughs> the idea that he's got like a like a child seat because he's a gnome too. <laughs> like he's just buckling. Do I have like one of those like backpacks with a leash on it? Is that what's happening? <laughs> you you and I both do, but we're just connected to each other. For, yeah, we're... Other <laughs> so like, like, <laughs> we hit the, we hit the end and we snap back. Yeah, a baby. The rubber arm. band's stronger than us. <laughs> I well, as I said, I'll let you go on your way. If you need anything, feel free to reach out. My name is Bronngren Boulderfist. Nice to oh. meet you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Owner of the company, maybe. Aye, and to be a big, a big name one day, I can assure you. Uh, and pretty sure you'll of... be a big name somewhere, for sure. <laughs> I know this. I see many. I see many things. Stay away from hammers. Okay, yeah, I think that uh, 
uh, though the the guards are still giving you all a little bit of a side eye um the uh they all kind of head back down uh the the ramp leading to the center area where you can see that like main mining operation is set up um uh, once, you all what, what's sorry once once the group started or once like the guy started like kind of checking out the cart um and once we got out of kind of vision sal's going to cast minor illusion to make it look like just peeking out from underneath the tarp is like just like food like flour like a sack of flour or like just something that no one wants to steal well, actually maybe they okay. need food here what resource do they have a lot of besides tin it looks like we're just transporting more dirt it just it just it's just more dirt <laughs> They probably don't need that. So bags. Sal just creates like a little tiny mound Finger. of like more do dirt in the back. Yeah. Bags of feather. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, roll me a, a persuasion check with advantage. Retrieve. Uh, We're just making a six and a nine. I don't think I have anything for persuasion. That does not sound like something Sal can do. Yeah, that is a nine. I think that what with a nine, I think you do make it. You do make it look like food, and then it is something that they are interested in. But <laughs> I think I think that's with uh, maybe it's like dirty food. Maybe it's not good food. Yeah, rotten um, apples. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, you all continue on your way, uh, kind of now that you're on this top this top shelf of the uh, kind of the tiered. Tin Town, uh, you make your way around to the Matic. And so what the Matic is, is it's kind of like, a, think of like an outdoor indoor kind of style bar where it's kind of like a big veranda, uh, like a big covered uh, area with no real walls, just a bunch of pillars. And then there's a bar in the center of it that's kind of like, you know, four-sided, like the bartender could kind of like move around all four sides. Uh, and then there are just tables, kind of like picnic tables set up uh, all around this big kind of like open space. Uh, you can tell that this was probably like the bare minimum they could get away with for setting up like a tavern, essentially, in this in this space uh, with as little materials as possible. It doesn't seem like wood is, uh, though there are, there is a, a, a kind of a forest around uh, the top part of this town. Uh, you can tell that they're probably trying to be very sparing with the amount of wood that they're using to try not to deforest the entire thing. Um, but yeah, as you all kind of are approaching and are able to, uh, I'll leave it up to you to how you want to set the cart out. Um, but you can see that behind the bar is uh, what looks like a, a very large uh, Goliath who is kind of tending, tending bar. And there's probably like maybe four other patrons in this place, all of which look like they work for the, the mine. Um, and one thing you did notice on the sign coming into town, uh, there seems to be like a running count of uh, population, you know, there's like four, and then it's crossed out, and then there's like eight, and then it's crossed out, and I think currently it's probably like 12 or 15 people that are currently in this town. Population changes that frequently. I love it. It's like zero there accidents. Except just they, they, keep on yeah. they have a flip thing that's like zero days since accidents, and they go one, yeah. and someone dies, and they're like, oh, god damn, put uh, that back. Make that a 12. It's directly related to the amount of people they add. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the new people coming on. Zero days since someone fell into the pit. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, well, if you guys want to go grab us some seats, I think uh, Intavar and I can take care of the cart. We'll uh, just take it around back, and I'll I'll set up some some alarms on it. We can have ourselves a 
hoot holler in the middle of the night. Uh, that, uh, Adela, do you, do, do, do you mind uh, securing a seat with me? Like picking you up and throwing you in it, or like? No, no, no. We we talked we talked uh, about this. Well, you don't. Bren, always, she's doing it again. You don't always exactly, you know. You got little legs. You don't exactly uh, fit very well. Now, but now sometimes you got... it's a struggle for you to get up in there. Last time, that's what you had me do. So by adding is... the throw. It is fair. You, that is that is fair. Now don't don't pick on him unnecessarily, but she does have a point. She she does. If you could actually grab a the opposite of a booster seat for me, that'd be really appreciated. I hate when my feet dangle. Oh, oh good good point. Same here. I will ask, and we'll we'll head to like the bar and see uh, if there's I'll maybe help like you reach the counter. Th- yeah, sure. On a on one what of the, the stools. What's the antonym of booster? What is what is booster seat? It's not known to the interval. It's like well, we'll see what they say. It's like a little, you know, thing of wood, and then we put them on it (laughs) so they can see the opposite of a booster seat. Yeah, I'm gonna use my uh, I'm gonna use my power thesaurus here, and you you sit on the floor. Uh, It's like a lazy boy because you just like see. Intvar, you know when I'm driving the cart and I can't see over the horse's butt, so like they put the little pillow underneath. <laughs> the opposite yeah, of that. Make for you see taller, so you can still see below, uh, above horses' ass, as you normally do. Yeah, it's really hard to go straight when you're just staring up the barrel of a horse. So I like to, you know, make sure that I can see over it. I want the opposite because my feet don't touch when we do that. So we, we're so looking. Maybe, at, we're we're going to look for a Japanese-style ass. Is this what we say? Is yeah. what how you say in common? You make for seahorse ass. Uh, I think if we, I mean, yes, I love this character. <laughs> I, I love, love all these characters. I, I hope they live forever. I love the Russian wood elf. It's perfect. Good thing they're gonna. Good thing they're gonna live forever. Uh, we'll go to the bar and see the uh, the Goliath. Uh, do you have like a, a sh- like a like like a sitting? Uh, where not a booster seat. It's like on the floor. Over to the ground. It's pillows. Oh, well, hello there, <laughs> little fella. Uh, I think I have something you might be interested in. Uh, a detractor seat. It might be what you're looking for. I like this guy. I got a couple of those. Um, and he actually goes out and like walks over to the table that you all are kind of looking to sit at and uh, kind of like adjusts a little bit of a lever on it and the seat on one side of it uh, lowers down about a foot. I was going to say, this sounds like something you crank and you fly out of accidentally, but we'll see. How <laughs> <it goes. laughs> or just as, a, as a Goliath, he just pushes it into the earth. He's like... <laughs> yeah, there. Crushes it down on one side. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Will you all be needing any kind of refreshments today or anything of that sort? Seems like it's been a long road. I'll take an ale. I don't know about this one. I'll I'll, I'll have a, like an amber amber rose uh, uh, tea uh, uh, lemon on the uh, side. You can ask for tea. Now, I, is that like the leaf water? Is that what you're looking for? He uh, sighs and he's uh-huh. like, I'll take an ale. Hey, you don't know. It could have been good leaf water. Did you all happen to see our advertisement coming into, coming into town? 
we do have a deal going. She's not good with puns, but her intelligence isn't bad. <laughs> so she got that one. <laughs> uh, ad advert advertisement. Shh. Uh, yeah. I, Still learning the language a little bit. I, 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 it's hey, You're being rude again. I stay quiet. <laughs> like freeze up. <laughs> Um, I think that uh, I think that the Goliath kind of uh, whom uh, I guess you all would assume to be Tom, uh, unless they that's just a they just happen to write that at the bottom of the sign, um, kind of uh, sheepishly, kind of like looks a little bit uh, like sad by the fact that he messed up that word, and then walks over and uh, starts grabbing uh, ales for uh, ales for the group and kind of sets them down, spreads them out on the uh, the now lowered table. Uh, so, Sal with uh, I mean, Intvar we... is tying up the the cart, and he looks over to Intvar. He goes, uh, "And I think it's time we, you know, take care of what we were planning on doing too. Like Bryn told us to, we should make sure we set up a cash here." And Intvar and Sal are going to take the time to dig up a hole, and Sal is going to bury a thousand gold. Jeez. And I don't know if Int wants to do anything. Oh, yes, as, 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 just as Bryn said, we need to make sure that we have a place because when we can come back for these things and they are still there, I will uh, I will leave these two things here as well. And I'm going to put my cloak of displacement and uh, museum scale armor as well in the cache. And... So, so <laughs> if you I, haven't figured out what they're doing yet, as a fellow DM, as a fellow DM, you guys are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> we're very aware. We know what we're doing. You're very much. You're very smart and very much an asshole. I think I just took John's line. Uh, yeah, you know who knows what the what the ravages of two hundred years would reap on on items That's like that valid. buried below yep. the surface, or who knows whether you know with the with the pit expanding as much as it has in the future that uh, who knows whether whether it's been found. But I appreciate the attempt either way. I think it's problematic. So canonically, <laughs> there is now a thousand gold and some magic items buried behind the mattock. Awesome. And then, well, once we finish that up and. Uh, I'm guessing Intvar's going to tie off the horses to something. Sal's going to ritual cast. It takes like 10 minutes. Um, he's going to set alarm, and he's going to just trace uh, a space around the actual cart itself. Um, so if anyone besides our group, and you know, if the horses get spooked and cross the line, they're void of it as well. But if anybody else crosses that line, um, I do. That's going to be auditory or only I can hear it. Uh, we'll just do it so only Sal is tripped. It's going to be just purely magic. Okay, uh, awesome. Yeah, there's now an alarm set for it. Sweet. Um, yeah, so is everyone basically joined back at the table now and kind of enjoying some drinks? Some food? Yep, Intvaro would follow Sal and after tying up the horses and laying out our cash and marking a very specific wall on the back of the mattock with a Valinar X. Whatever the Valinar alphabet's form of an X is, it's that. Okay. 
So kind of like a Valinar version of, you know, X, X exhibits been here kind of thing situation going right. on. So when you know, so we all know X gonna give it to you. Yeah, exactly. Um I I I ordered you two ales. I, I know I know now. He also may have offended the bartender. I nope. <laughs> Didn't do that. Yes you did. You made the man sad. That's a big man to make sad. Yeah, that guy's pretty big. I'd uh, maybe refrain from doing that in the future. Well, I do, I do not think Tree did much wrong. He's, uh, he tries best. He's not good socially. He got me two whales. I gave two whales. A big Goliath. He, he I don't know how face. you say in common. He's a, uh, what the, <laughs> what do you call it? Owlbear testicles. That's how we say in Old Valinar, but they don't translate very well. And he takes his ales and fucks off slightly adjacent <laughs> from the bar to sit down. I'm gonna um, be honest, I can't often tell if you're complimenting or hurting people's feelings, but either way, the nicest thing anyone's ever called me was owlbear testicle. <laughs> Treve, you've got a friend in him. Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm I'm the owlbear testicles. <laughs> I I I will I will not translate well into common. It's it's, it's a good it's a good thing. It sounds bad. And... Yeah, I, I I'll, I'll wear it with pride. <laughs> you are a good little friend. It like pats him on his head as he goes and sits. The adjacent giant thing. Coke bottle glasses that Tree wears kind of go off skate like a little bit <laughs> off. And, uh, thank. You. Mm-hmm. I hate when they do that. I do too. It's it's the worst. And I go sit down. <laughs> Uh, I think I think Bryn, uh, who was kind of up at the bar, uh, you see him kind of like talking to Tom and kind of pats him on the back. You can and uh, kind of makes his way back over to the table and goes, "Y'all upset him something fierce, but I, I think that a couple extra coins is able to calm him down." And well, of course, a, a nice, well placed, uh, you know, back pat. But like, no harm, no foul. Well, so, we have plenty of coin back in the cart. I I I think. <laughs> Uh, no, in and I took care of that request from uh, uh, Bryn. Don't worry, Bryn. It's it's been handled. With the just as you instructed, boy. He well, I, I appreciate on the shoulder. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, glad you could carry that out. So uh, I've got a question. We we were talking about this on the way in, and I just want to re kind of circle back because we never really landed on something. What the hell are we going to call our little band of merry folk here? The survivors. Because we always survive every endeavor. This is a good one. I like this. I like this one. I don't know, guys. Uh, That seems kind of foreboding. Maybe we stick to something a little less optimistic. All right. Uh, Hmm. We know many of the things I said we say in Old Valinor do not translate well to comments, so I might see this one out because I do not want to make everyone else uncomfortable. I was gonna say I kinda like the owlbear testicles idea. It implies, you know, strength and also there's more of us. Well, it it sounded it sounded bad in common, but like in the old Valinar, the fuck faces it's a mean, a very good thing. 
How, how, how about the back agains? Like, we'll be back again. We'll definitely be back again. We know this one, right? Three, him. I like the back agains. That's not, it's not too bad at all. Would we get anyone else have anything else? I prefer that over the owl bear testicles. Just, I mean, just... yeah, just, just, <laughs> yeah, just, just kind of across the board. Yes. Again, it's a good sentiment. It's a good sentiment. I, no, I, I appreciate, I, I appreciate it. I do. But I don't I, know if I want to be constantly referred to that without context. I want that to be for close friends only. And that's how this meant for close friends. That good. That's good. That. You're all my owlbear testicles. I can see, uh, <laughs> see uh, kind of being referred to as like, you know, we'll come back, come into a town, and uh, you know, they see us kind of walking in town, like, oh, they're back again. I, the, the, I, I get it. It's it, you know, kind of rolls off the tongue. It's very easy to remember. I, works for me, at least till we find something else. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time on the road to you really think this through, hash it out. I'm uh, really come up with uh, kind of. You know, brainstorm some ideas over the next coming months and whatnot. The months never... and years, right, boy? And he raises a glass to Bryn. Cheers, buddy. Because we will be alive for many years <laughs> beyond this. I've never really been a fan of branding. I've always thought it's kind of pedantic. I always Shut like up. to think of it as branding anyway. That hurt me. Not not tree. That hurt me. Yeah, that hurt Amber. Psych psychic damage. <laughs> yeah, everyone takes psychic damage from that terrible pun. Uh, as as everybody's drinking, Sal is going to cast shape water, very not subtly at all, and he's going to pull all the water out of his ale, and he's going to dump the remaining like red particles or yeast particles into in spear, and then put the water back, and then he just drinks the water. Okay, all right. I love that. Um, I think that you all probably for food too, there's probably some sort of like stew trencher kind of situation going on, something simple. Yeah, Sal would have no issues pulling from that or is it that, that it's just available like to cook with? I think that you, like, I think there's probably like a communal kind of, like just a bunch of bread pieces and then there's like a communal kind of like stew pot going on that you can just kind of kind of DIY build your own trencher kind of situation. It's a salad bar situation. You go up there and mm. get it yourself. Sal's going to look at everybody's like, I, I got this one. And he grabs bowls and he throws them out to everybody and again he's going to cast shape water and just like put the stew into their bowls at the table. And then he takes five pieces of bread and he sets them down in front of him and he goes, these are for Sal. And he starts eating all the bread. Very convenient. I appreciate this. You hear a bit of like rustling like papers being opened. And uh, and Shreve takes out like aged cheese, like finely cut, like from like a fine cheese platter, and just like not wanting to show everyone, just sort of eating in the corner. <laughs> okay. Does um, Intervar smell it? <laughs> uh, roll me a smell check. What? <laughs> Perception I check. I love that. Good old smell checks. So 16 plus 7. Ooh. Well, I would say so, probably. 
pretty pumped that the first roll of this was to see if I could smell his cheese. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's on brand. I think you have like, I think you have an item in our other campaign that heightens your sense of smell. Smell. So that was also your fault. It's it's that a bit of my fault. It's a bit of Asiago, some brie, <laughs> you know, some some finely aged gouda. Like this is probably something he's he brought back from like the uh, uh, from from Bryn's families. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's that's a very that's a it, that, that's a very pungent thing, my friend. Do not worry. I will not tell the norm. So I will know nothing of this cheese. God, I wish I had cheese right now. <laughs> thank you. That, thank I. I here. He sort of like cuts a little piece and gives it to. Uh, Intravar, who's like, it's like comparatively nothing, but he's like, winks and he's like, good, thank you, thank you. This will be good for my soup, please. Yes? Uh, 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 the, the, the brie, yeah. You enjoy a meal? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kicking back yeah. the ale. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I think that you all, uh, you all have a, a pretty solid night. You um, you know, you enjoy a meal together, you know, hang out, just just have a, a good time with friends. And I think it's one of those things that, like, you all are on the road quite often, but there's only a few times when you all are able to, like, really truly relax when you're not, like, you know, on guard, like, you know, sleeping out in the elements. Um, and I think, you know, for whatever, you know, for whatever reason, the simplicity of it, the the camaraderie, whatever the case may be, I think this this kind of moment like sticks out as like uh as like one of those memories that you could tell that like that would be one last forever yeah exactly it's it's one of those memorable moments of simple but just kind of a of great time with 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 friends and companions so um yeah you all uh, enjoy a great meal and uh basically end up uh, bedding down for the night there's uh, there's essentially like a detached building that has like some pretty modest uh sleeping arrangements in it just these you know a big room with a bunch of cots essentially in it, not anything uh, too fancy, and uh, you're able to rent that for you know pretty much uh, you know silvers on the silvers on the on the copper, and um, you uh, yeah uh, in the as kind of like the morning uh, sun starts to come up, you all get loaded back onto the cart. Um, Sal, I don't think anyone really bothered, uh, at least not to get close enough in the, in the night to the cart to set off your alarm, so everything seems like it's okay. You do see that there are some uh, footprints that kind of go up to it, but nothing that, like, passed by your uh, your alarm spell. So you would assume that, you know, maybe someone was scoping it out, but never moved closer uh, than that. And everything seems to be uh, as it should be. Well, uh, if anyone else has anything they want to do before heading out, otherwise we can uh, we can kind of mosey on down the road and, and get this thing over to Westreach. Should only be a few days' journey still ahead of us. Is there uh, any shops in town that you might want to pick some items up from? That's a good question. Diplomatic. That's a good question. I think they might. They probably have a general store down at the uh, you know kind of a commissary kind of situation down at the uh, the mining you know, the mining camp down there, but looks like things are pretty humble. Uh, probably be kind of, you know, this this thing, this this outpost here probably hasn't been here for more than, God, I don't even know. I feel like it's bigger than the last time we were even here. So it's, uh, hopefully they'll, maybe they'll get a, a store here. So, you know, if we pass through in the future, they'll have a few more useful items for us. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, well, 
I'm ready. I don't know if you guys are. Can I do a survival check for the tracks? Yeah, sure. To see what type of tracks they are. Not that my mod's mm -hmm. that great, but I will try. Maybe some small dwarven feet. Thirteen. Uh, yeah. So I think that um, you kind of what I think you're looking for originally is like you're like okay, like you know, were those those people those those guards that were kind of creeping on it before? Did they come back? Um, and then what you notice is it seems like they're kind of like smaller, uh, and like you think like maybe like children coming to like creep around on the cart potentially. Um, you've seen a couple kids uh, just kind of running around, you know, doing doing whatever, assuming maybe they're children of uh, people who work for the mine. Um, but yeah, it, you don't see anything in particular that would uh, cause alarm, just that they're kind of smaller than normal. Okay. Then Adela's good to go. Just trying to make sure nobody weird was following us. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, you all head uh, back up kind of the other side. You travel through kind of, you travel around kind of this ring, this, uh, you know, this this tiered uh, level to the city uh, of Tintown and up the other side and are back out uh, on the road. And so this road that's traveling to directly almost west at this point, a little bit north, a little bit west, um, it travels, you can go kind of along the uh, the more southern road, which is going to take you kind of along the forest that kind of uh, travels along or like exists around the Von Hurst Lock, the giant lake that's you know kind of in this upper section of Sakal. Um, but the more direct route actually travels directly through the Quiet Lands, which is this kind of like hilly, um, kind of more barren area that sometimes uh, you know if you're if you're more wary, you may not want to go directly through it because you're a little bit more exposed, but there's just these kind of, like, rolling hills uh, with, like, these, you know, rocks and stones and a lot less shrubbery and areas to hide in uh, than you would normally be. Um, but so you could go the more southern route, which will take you along kind of the forest, which will allow you to, like, camp in the woods if you really wanted to, um, or you could go along the more direct route, uh, which is going to be going through that more, like, exposed quiet lands area. Well, I'll leave this up to you all, though. What are you, what are you all thinking? Uh, I mean, if we want to get there quick, we can go head through the quiet lands. I mean, I'm not too worried about us, you know, dealing with uh, whatever may come. Uh, but if anyone's worried about it, we can uh, we can take the longer way and head head along the the Von Hurst Lock, and that way we have the trees for cover. No, no, we're 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 very much badasses. We. Uh, uh... I don't care. Direct is right. We should take the shorter route. Yeah, it's called Quiet Lands. How how bad could it be? <laughs> That's my thoughts exactly. I mean, come on, if what's the what's the point of being careful when you have uh, as much uh, magic and weaponry at our disposal as we do? So, I uh, yeah, I say let's go loud. And uh, he kind of. Uh, does a little hiyah on the the horse and gets the you know the cart moving uh in the more northern uh direct route through the quiet lands um so you all are on this road uh for a bit is there anything that anyone wants to do uh kind of you know while the during the day's travels 
Uh, one thing that Sal just kind of does every morning is he casts non-detection on himself. Um, and ultimately what that does is it prevents anybody from being able to scry on him or use any clairvoyant magic to track him down. Um, awesome. Yeah, that's just kind of like a preparatory thing. And right now, as we're riding through the Quiet Lands or to the Quiet Lands, uh, uh, Sal's pillow fell off in the middle of the night, and so now he's just staring at horse butthole. The whole, the whole ride, his, his booster seat's gone. So he's grumpy. He just looks over to whoever's driving the cart and like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> who, who would be driving the cart? Or would you want Bryn doing that? I mean, Bryn kind of makes sense. Yeah, Bryn or Intivar, maybe? Yeah. He's got, who can handle the animals? Probably Intivar. He, 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 he's very good. Okay. Animals, they like me, okay, but uh, not so much. Bryn, the boy here, he's oh. he's much better with the horses than I am. He has a much more gentle touch than Intivar, you understand? Yeah, I did see you try to kill one of our horses. That's kind of weird. Uh, it looked at me pretty wrong. It's, uh, I've seen many beasts in the wild, and sometimes they... Uh, give you a look that say like you fuck you no fuck you I, I'm pretty sure you're eating an apple I think you just kind of wanted the apple but that's fair it was my apple uh, Della do you do, do, do you want to take care of the horses or Bren uh, I'll leave it up to Bren I don't really want to stare at an ass oh okay that makes sense <laughs> I don't recommend it <laughs> Do you uh, want us to make a... you a new seat? It's fine. I'm, I'm fine. It's fine. Whatever. You don't seem fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm a second. You don't seem fine. Like, maybe we can put some hay or something to... <laughs> I, cast, I cast Minor Illusion and make my face just smiling. But it's like uh, <laughs> like three inches off my face, so you just see me grimacing behind it, and there's a face right in front. No, that's just I'm smiling. creepy. You seem more disturbed than you did before. So. <laughs> also, Sal doesn't really know how to smile. <laughs> it's just kind of like this oh. weird... He just knows that he's supposed to show teeth. Grim mask <laughs> of death that's <laughs> happening currently. <laughs> it's more bottom teeth than upper teeth. Now, you stay oh, in front, because no. if anybody looks at you, maybe they'll just be terrified and run away. They won't have a lot of that interaction. You sound like my parents. <laughs> oh. Um, so uh, you all, you all uh, are traveling, having this this conversation about how you're trying to, uh, you're trying to convince. Uh, it's because we're Sal so that, we're so uh, good you... friends, and we will always stick together. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're you're trying to convince Sal that he needs a booster. He's trying to figure out ways to, to get Sal a new booster seat that he's clearly trying to say he doesn't need, um, but his grim mask of death is uh, saying otherwise. Um, but yeah, you all, are, you all are traveling on this road for, for some time, uh, you know, maybe six hours or so, um, when you suddenly start hearing these, uh, what sound like a combination of a few noises. Uh, you can hear people shouting and yelling, uh, but you can also hear what sounds distinctly like roars uh and almost like a, a slight bleeding of of some sort of animal uh in the distance uh, and almost like a flapping of wings as well um so uh yeah how would you want to approach that you don't see anything yet you can tell maybe it's behind a few of the rolling kills up ahead 
Did you say bleating or bleeding? Bleeding. Okay, bleating. I was like, we can like hear a... the blood flowing. That's a lot of blood. <laughs> like, Sounds like a hose just going yeah. off. <laughs> My trachea. <laughs> um, hearing that, Intervar would try to listen further. Mm-hmm. Being like the woodsman type. Like, oh, uh, my friends, uh, one moment. I think there is uh, some happenings over these hills. Yep, roll me a perception. Dirty 20. Ooh. Oh, sick. Okay, so yeah, you can, uh, you clearly hear the sounds, uh, two distinct, two distinct, uh, roars. Um, and then that kind of like bleating noise, uh, as well as like what sounds like three or four different people yelling uh, and shouting. Um, and then kind of more muffled and quiet, uh, you hear what sounds like much quieter, um, like uh, like higher pitched roars as well. Um, uh, people are as you, people are dying. Oh, go for it. Oh God. <laughs> Well, it looks like uh, our next adventure kind of couldn't wait till we could finish this one. So, uh, anyone have any uh, any issue with us involving ourselves in whatever the heck is going on up there? No, I'm curious. You're yeah, the like one honor code boy. <laughs> Come on now, you're basically telling us what to do. <laughs> are we doing it or are we not doing this? Ah, well. No, we had that kind of. It's, it's a, you know, you all have your own free will as well. But hell, and he pulls his big giant like great sword off of his back and kind of like stands up on the cart to try to get a better view and goes, "Let's go help some people." Um, and uh, so as the cart continues forward, uh, a kind of interesting scene comes into view. Uh, maybe sixty feet up ahead of you, you see a what looks like a very ornate cart uh, that is. Uh, kind of extended and it's almost it's pulling a smaller cart behind it uh, the ornate kind of uh, wagon itself that looks like it's like a passenger wagon uh, for like probably someone of nobility or of high high esteem uh, and then behind that there is a what looks like a cargo wagon that is covered in some sort of uh, you know sheet or canvas or whatever um, there's probably two horses pulling it and there are about three uh, will look like kind of hired mercenary kind of guards that are running around with spears and swords uh, fending off what looks like a chimera that is on the ground uh, attacking this cart uh, and you now can tell that the uh, the different kinds of roars uh, and the bleeding are coming from its lion, its dragon and its uh, goat head um, and uh, this full size chimera is uh, absolutely just like attacking this caravan. Treve goes invisible. Like 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 a like a scared octopus or squid in the ocean just, <laughs> just nope right nope he did it again Sal Sal was like Treve I think ah uh, son of a bitch Treve no. you and then I'm no. gonna feel for where it <laughs> he it, says no you 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 did he, he do it again he you put like the, your your hand on my forehead I'm like no hold on ah! <laughs> I smack found him. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that if you all are looking to get into combat, uh, we could probably roll for initiative. Okay. Let's do it. Oh, no, I missed my Thanks plus five with advantage. Don't feel bad, oh. man. I have a negative uh -oh. one. <laughs> While y'all are doing that, I will be... Dice right now. 
I have never been this dexterous before. I have never played a rogue. Not bad. I'm just trying to see if it where it tells you if the spell's a action or a bonus action in here. I mean, are most spells. Are you spells on D&D Beyond? Yeah. If you go to your actions themselves and then like filter at the top, if you go to like action, it'll. It's action, yeah. It'll, it'll, oh, okay. it'll tell you the it'll spells you have access to. Gotcha. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Although, I'd like straight up lie to you because I have way more spells than. <laughs> Did I use that? What it just showed, so maybe that doesn't actually do that. It does, at least for me, it does. BK. Overwhelmed yet? Bruh. <laughs> stuff you have? <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I've never once played a caster. Like, I, like my, the closest thing to a caster I've ever played is an arcane trickster. Oh. And, and you <laughs> jumped, and you jumped to wizard? At jumped level right 10. Wizard, dude. He's so much Jeez, you must be overwhelmed. Uh, there's a lot to do. I was trying to read real fast. I was like, Look at <laughs> I watched so many YouTube videos on how to play Abjuration Wizard, like right before this call. I love that you did that. I know what's going on. That's why I said, drop and roll, man. Drop and roll. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Bryn rolled a 14. So did Sal. I got a 15 with my negative one. <laughs> 21. Okay. I, I have never been this fast in my life. 26 for Intabar. Damn. That was pretty good. Never mind. Um, so, Intabar, uh, unsurprisingly, you are going to go first with your 26. Uh, so, how far away are we from the. It, it's just the Chimera, right? Yeah, it's the. You see the three. Uh, there are like three mercenaries essentially hired soldiers that are fighting off uh, this chimera. Um, it's just the one chimera uh, and it's about 60 feet away from you. Okay. 60 feet away from me. Okay. Um, also, because of my umbral strike, I get 10 to my movement speed on the first turn that I act, so that's 45. And I'm also going to cast Zephyr Strike to give me further movement <laughs> and on the cart uh, Interfire looks at Britain and says this is how you do things boy and he pulls his double bladed scimitar Same. revenant blade off his back and just runs directly towards the chimera making way too many attacks <laughs> Holy hell, he's fast! <laughs> Coming in quick, like, slash, 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 super cool, Valinar elf flourish. Yeah, and... roll me some attacks. Okay, it's a, this is actually a lot. I have to double. <laughs> I have to double. <laughs> I always say teach kids D and D because it teaches you reading and math. <laughs> and it does. Think... My, my quick, uh, yeah, my quick uh, like addition skills uh, absolutely come from playing years and years and years of Yu-Gi-Oh. So, <laughs> first attack is a Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a dirty twenty. Okay, yeah, absolutely gonna hit. And 
so then every time I hit on my first turn, I can make an additional attack that does a D8. I'm just going to roll for that. And that is a 16. Yes. Okay, so that hits. The Revenant Blade is 2D4 plus 5. This character plays like a well-built Magic the Gathering deck. Imagine that. So that's 11, and I get a D8. Plus 5. 11. So that's 22 damage off on my first attack. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Ouch. And I also have extra attack. Go for it. That's a natural 20. Holy shit. <laughs> nice. All right. Starting this off, starting this off strong. Slash In the most important fight of the game. <laughs> and I know, clearly this is the, the one that matters. Mm-hmm. So then that's 15... And another seven. So, 23. 23. Nope. It's not right. Um, that's, uh, yeah, 22. 22 to 22. You're right. Yep. All right. So, uh, 44 damage so far to the Chimera uh, <laughs> as you run in there and just, like, just start slicing at it um, with this, uh, with your Revenant Blade. Um, which, uh, which one of the heads uh, would you have gone after first? Or, like, what, I guess, what would you have gone after uh, on this Chimera targeted first? Like, the base, the general base of the heads. Okay. Like, so neck. not one of the heads in particular, just, like, the neck in general. Yeah, like, neck area. Okay, I think it's reared up on its back, its back legs, uh, kind of, like, going to strike at these uh at these guards when you kind of run up and just like start like slicing at the like neck chest area with the revenant blade uh just kind of like cutting across it just opening up these rents in the kind of like hairy hide of the base of the lion head's neck um but awesome that's a hell of a way to start uh treef it's your turn i i i I, i'm invisible i don't want to be seen so i i i move up uh, uh, like 15 feet and I nervously invisibly pull my short bow out I pull back and I let go yeah roll me that uh, roll me the damage or roll me that attack let's go Treve it's plus 9 shouldn't be that bad oh okay 12 plus 9 so 21 yeah cover all, all right. bingo let's so go that is for uh, would this be sneak attack since I'm well both invisible and because of uh, my allies next Absolutely. to it? Okay. Absolutely. Oh, that's max damage on the, just one d6. Uh, that will be 11 points of damage initially. Okay. And then the sneak attack is an extra 15. Okay. Damn, we finally broke out of that, uh, like the double numbers. It was 22, <laughs> 22, 11, now 15. Uh, and then I am no longer invisible because I attacked and quickly I like I realize that and I'm like ah, I, 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 and like run to, to to like the horses and uh, because I am a halfling I have I could uh, I think I could hide behind creatures that are bigger than me okay and I, I will no, use yeah, a, for sure I'll use a bonus action to stealth awesome um, where were you aiming by the way do you have anywhere in particular any of the heads or anything I don't, else? I don't like the goat. I don't like the eyes. The eyes scare me. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's actually... Uh, you You 
loose this arrow kind of shaking and then you let it go and this thing like flies and just like shoots and pierces directly through one of the, the creepy goat eyes out the other side ah. and you see the head just go limp Excellent. and is now hanging lifeless at the uh, on the creature and just bonus action <laughs> hide <laughs> um as you shoot this goat head, uh, the lion head roars uh, in just anger, um, and the dragon, you see its mouth just fill with red flame uh, as it does a flame attack uh, on both the caravan and the uh, guards in front, um, as well as uh, uh, Intibar. Oh, the guards. So, Intibar, I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. Got you. That'd be a 23, sir. 23, uh, absolutely, you save, so you're only going to take half unless you have uh, something that uh, lets you evade. No, I don't do it, Ranger. Do not have evasion. Okay. Um, one of the uh, one of the guards is able to jump out of the way, so he's only going to take half. Two of them completely beef that roll. Um, and that's going to be 31 damage uh, split in half. So you're going to take 15 damage into Var, uh, and the two I'm guards that did not get out of the way completely I'm just like absorb elements. Okay. Awesome. So you get to you get health back. How does that work? It's like half. half. He halves the damage, there, and then he could keep the a... incoming damage, and I have resistance to it, and then I can lose that on my next attack. Oh, sick. Okay. So instead of 15, awesome. it would be like a seven? What's, what's happening? Yeah. 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 We always round down. Um, yeah, so seven, So you take seven damage and you can just like release that next time or you just absorb it completely? On my next attack, uh, let me double check. On my next attack, it takes an extra D6 of that damage type. Oh, sick. That's really cool. Awesome. Um, the two guards that didn't make it uh, absolutely just like do the they are engulfed in flame uh, and just kind of start screaming and fall to the ground uh, smoking and are dead uh, you would assume uh, the one that is able to dive out of the way only gets about halfway burned and scorched and kind of pulls himself uh, kind of off to the side um, out of the way uh, just kind of realizing or, or you know looking at his companions getting burned and realizing that you know the whatever coin he's getting isn't worth this uh, and just kind of pulls himself out of the way the side of the the uh, the side of the cart itself is uh, the main front, like palanquin, is uh, engulfed in flames uh, and is currently, the flames are kind of starting to lick up the side of it. Uh, and the uh, the canvas covering the back one, um, you can see that it is not, it's in danger of catching on fire as well, uh, but it is not currently on fire. Uh, but that is going to bring us to the end of the Chimera's turn, uh, and it is going to be Adela. Gotta run up and slash at it with my sword. <laughs> so that's what okay. she wants to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, made that attack. So you just run it up as fast as you can. Yep. Stabbing it right in the chest. Uh, that is a 19 and a 17. Yeah, both those hit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's eight points of damage on the first hit. Uh, yeah. And nine on the second hit. Oh, wait. Can't do math. <laughs> 11 on the, on the second hit. Okay, so what was the total? Eight and 11, so it's 19 total? 19 points of damage. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, this thing is looking. I mean, it's it's well past bloodied at this point. Uh, you, it is it is not looking good. I'm debating whether I want to use it now. Like knowing her, she's probably a little too gung ho. Um, I will bonus action, and I think it's second win for another two attacks. No, no, uh, you're yeah. thinking of action, action surge. Oh, action surge, sorry. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> Go for it. Two more attacks. Uh, 21 on the first one. <laughs> and 17 plus seven, so 20 something. Fighters are gnarly, man. <laughs> that's, that's gnarly, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, nine points on the first hit. Okay. And an eleven, another eleven points on the second hit, so twenty points in total. Savage. Uh, yeah. One second. <laughs> it is. It is real dead. <laughs> it is so. It's it's not dead, but it is so. It is not doing good. Uh, at all. Oh man, yeah. It's it's like uh, as you do that, I think that you, I think you just like. Uh, <laughs> did you have one of the heads you were you were targeting in general? No, I just uh, wanted to go like in the chest and just like across. Okay, I think that you, uh, I think you kind of add into the damage uh, from uh, from uh, Intivar uh, and like the cuts across, and I think that you just like put this blade in and just like drag it across, and you see like one of the the front like limbs at this point is like basically just hanging off it's not it's not in a good way at all and the i think the the dragon head um like you you must have severed something in there because that head just kind of like falls lifeless and it's just the lion head that's now currently like roaring uh in a lot more of pain and aggression uh than it was before um but yeah that's going to bring us to uh a sal's turn uh Sal seeing just like the absolute chaos and viscera flying off this beast <laughs> looks over to uh looks over to Bryn who's like kind of gearing up near the cart and goes yeah you see this is why I never get out of the cart it just it, it just kind of wastes so much time uh I guess and then cast told the dead <laughs> yeah he just yeah. looks at him and goes damn boop and he's got to make a wisdom, wisdom saving throw okay just um, a very, yeah. very mean cantrip. It's an 18 plus 2, so uh, 20, 30, 20. You hear a bunch of, like, really loud ringing of, like, these really ominous bells. You know, I just figured we'd add some music to the scene, but whatever. <laughs> and he just kind of, like, sits back in his seat and, like, starts fluffing up a new pillow so he can make himself a seat. That's his turn. Okay. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah, Bryn's going to uh, kind of pat, uh, take the second to pat Sal on the back, uh, knowing that that wasn't exactly what he was trying to do, uh, and is going to run up to join with Don't the rest of his companions. Um, and uh, yeah, he's going to uh, he's going to run up with his greatsword. At this point, too, the um, the canvas on the cart, the like cargo cart back behind, has started to light on fire and is is catching fire along with the uh, the palanquin itself. Um, and you can see that there's some sort of form that has kind of like jumped out the other side of the palanquin and uh, is kind of like they've opened the door and like are kind of like on their knees like trying to get away from it the, the fire that's engulfing it uh, but also you can see that 
on the back of the cart, uh, in that cargo cart, seems to be some sort of cage uh, that is covered by that uh, by that canvas. Um, and as it's it's like starting to kind of burn away, you can see more of this cage. Um, but Bryn's going to run up and do an attack. That's a bad attack, but he's a fighter, so he gets a bunch of them. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's a, a natural 19 plus 8 uh, for his <laughs> second attack. Uh, I don't think it's going to need more than that, honestly. Uh, yeah, so that's a 7 plus 4. Um, Bryn is going to kind of like joining in with uh, with kind of the hack and slash fury attacks that's going on on this thing is going to run up and just like brings his like giant greatsword down and just like cleaves right through the side of the uh, the lion's head completely bisecting it off of the uh, off the body of this creature um, and as that happens uh, the thing falls kind of falls down sideways on the ground uh, just kind of like blood gushing from it uh, and uh, you all are out of combat um, but the cart is still very much on fire and the uh, you can see that there's like some sort of car uh, thing that's in the back uh, and as the fire kind of starts to spread up that canvas uh, you start hearing these higher pitched uh, kind of roars and uh, like kind of like little bleats coming out of the back uh, part of the cargo cart I'll go look at the cage. Shreve does not want it. I mean, you said that there may have been people who like were on their knees trying to get away from the fire. There was a one of the guards, uh, kind of like was crawling away from it after he got burned, uh, mm. like half his body got burned, and then there was someone that jumped out of the actual like main like kind of like palanquin passenger cart, uh, that that main like passenger one, and jumped out onto the other side and is now kind of like trying to get away from the fire itself. Um, but they, they seem to have kind of like scurried maybe like 20 feet away. Could I catch up to that guy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you go on the other side of the cart, you uh, you see what looks like this kind of uh, balding elven, uh, elven figure uh, who has kind of like, I think like, I guess like kind of Crypt Keeper-esque hair going on. Like it's bald in the middle and then kind of coming down long, uh, wearing these kind of like very very ornate uh like silver and black robes your your uh, your guards are on fire your your uh, and i i i uh will help and i just start to run towards the guy try to get his attention he's kind of crawling across the ground uh and then as he as he kind of like hears you hears you coming kind of like pushes himself up to his uh to his, like a standing position like standing very tall and lean and is kind of like brushing off the his robes looking down like kind of looking very disgusted at the uh like the dirt and whatever else is on the like the knees of his robes and she goes yes i did see that i i guess i should have hired more of them he's uh, treve is gonna bring out like a little quill and paper and just start to Write a few things for a bit and go. I, 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 I just, just, just so I know who I'm. Uh, uh, hi, I'm Treve. Hi, I, uh, your, your, your name. Uh, yes, uh, Trev. My name is Aster Rothhall, of course. You I'm... would be familiar with the Rothhalls, I would expect. I, I'm actually Treve, but okay. Um. I, I, you, I, I, a per, do you have a permit for what? 
what that is? I making sounds. I think he's kind of like looking at you uh, in a in a way that's like like as if you're an alien uh, asking them for like some sort of paperwork. Uh, I think this is a good time for uh, we're gonna jump over to um, oh my gosh, uh, Adela, uh, Adela, you're looking at the cage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think that um, I, are you taking the covering off of it, or are you just looking inside? Because like the the canvas is like burning that's covering it currently. I'll look inside first. I'll peek like this. You look inside and you see what is probably kind of upsetting now. Uh, you see a very small chimera um, that it seems to be have some sort of uh, collar around its neck that's in encrusted with these kind of like black uh, gems. All right. She proceeds to curse and then tries to lift the cage out of the burning car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, roll me a roll me a uh, athletics check. Okay. Is this noticeable? Like like the cursing, everyone sort of turns for a second and sees <laughs> yeah, like a baby chimera. She's it's only a fourteen. I rolled low. I think that that's good enough. I think that you're able to. Um, I think you're able to lift, kind of like lift this out. Maybe you don't get it out cleanly. Maybe you just kind of are able to like kind of slide it through the side. Like you kind of pull it through the side of the cart, which tears away. Um, and like as it's burning, and you're able to kind of drag this cart or this off of the cart. Um, and I think that Shreve, you would uh, as you would kind of as like you're talking to this uh, this figure who's announced himself to be Astor. Uh, you see her pull this cage off the cart uh, that is very clearly holding a what looks like a baby chimera. Would I know the like? Is it common knowledge to know what the king is of this of this uh, area? Yeah. Like, is there like a common yes. authority? Yeah. So you would know that the the gold breaks um, the gold breaks are the the ruling the the, the the current ruling family is the gold breaks, and you would know that the the emperor uh, is is one of the gold break family. Okay. So Bryn is like a literal heir to the throne. We know this, yes. right? Yes. It would be Bryn's father. Uh, during the time I was writing something, uh, I cast uh, illusionary script on my quill. And I basically hand him a, a court notice and an information, letting him know that he's been arrested due to handling, like almost like I was a like a police and, officer handling a ticket, and amazing. like you need to come into our custody now. And I'm like, ah, yeah, this is yours. Obviously, this was your doing. Um, I, I think that you are kind of arguing with uh, with Aster as Bryn uh, kind of walks uh, walks up and sees what sees what you're doing, sees kind of sees all this mayhem that's been caused by this, and you you see like you've seen Bryn upset a few times, but uh, you can tell that like he is absolutely livid that you all accidentally just like kind of putting context clues together that you all likely just killed the the parent of this this baby chimera, and it wasn't as much attacking them as it was trying to get it back. Yeah, you uh, you have some some explaining to do. Might be needed to go do some of that in front of the courts because this is absolutely horrid what you've done here. And Aster, kind of looking, uh, just kind of looking extremely smug and and just like an absolute dick, um, looks over and goes, "Well, this." I don't know if we'll be going to the courts for this. This was to be delivered to Rockdale Arena for the Black Worms, so this is not really something that uh, has you have any business in, uh, Goldbreak or not. 
Sal, Sal's been like approaching and kind of hears this mumbling, go, looks to um, and Tavari goes, and I got this one and like kind of high fives him. And then he casts Polymorph on himself and turns into a T Rex. <laughs> and then the just goes and just straight up eats him. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, roll me an attack. I drop the paper. I'm like, oh my god! I, I, uh... Uh, I don't know how to roll for a dinosaur one sec. Meanwhile, Adele is trying to get the baby out, so she's gonna carry it. <laughs> Come on, okay. get yeah. on the floor. Everyone do the dinosaur. I don't know. <laughs> nice. I don't know how to do it. Like, oh, um, plus 10. Uh, yeah, T-Rex eating him is like, this is what you get when you, when you mess with nature. You mess with the world, Lindis. This I... is my penance. We shall help the baby. <laughs> Adela, do you have a child, right? Yeah, I have him. <laughs> She's just trying to hold her like this. Oh. Good. We shall tell her to stay behind the mattock in Tin Town for 200 years. Three heads. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's like pretty small, so I think that you're able to like hold it in your arms, and I think the, um, like probably like maybe the lion head, like they're taking turns licking you on the face as you're holding it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I want to get back to <laughs> Aster, who is sitting there like kind of looking extremely smug and proud and like kind of like arms crossed, looking up in the air, like eyes closed, like this is for the black worm. And then this Tyrannosaurus Rex head just comes down, caving into the ground and like completely like just uh, like eating them in one one fell swoop. Uh, I think well, I think Brynn jumps back and goes, oh my holy hell, what? And then looks back and goes, Sal, you I thought we talked about this. You got the T-Rex. Right, well, the T-Rex swallows and just looks. Even lie on him, but like, how do I keep eyeing him when he do this shit? <laughs> Tiny little T-Rex thumbs up and then he just like morphs back down into I cannot control this out. kind of shit. Come on, I've, boy, you know better. I've always been. I always asked about the logistical point of it. If he eats a guy and he transforms back, what happens to the guy? That's a good question. Have uh, you ever had any kind of like digestion issues, Sal? I've I've been around long enough to know to chew my food. Uh, oh boy. Oh, and this is why you have anxieties, my friend. Like, why would you want to think of such things? I, the things just, I don't, you I... That girl. Like, you are not a T-Rex eating person turning back to norm. You do not need to burden yourself with such thoughts. This is bad for your, bad for yourself. I, mean, I need to take a class. I was gonna vote with punch him, but I like this method better. I was definitely planning on punching him at the very <laughs> least, so I think I think our minds are. Uh, Sal just kind of took it a couple notches further. I, I T Rex punched him. But Sal is all here. Here, Treve, hold this. Maybe it's, it'll it's, give you something. To it's as big of. as me. I just sort of like ah, uh, like 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 an actual <laughs> human holding like a like a Doberman. Just, uh, it's friendly. It's just uh, a fit of burps that me. Yeah, it smells. I think it burps like a, a like a pretty like fiery burp just past your head that you're able to like dodge with your evasion. And then I look at the the goat. And I'm like, oh, I turn it around. <laughs> I don't like the eyes. So you want the ass up portion? I rat. It's a baby. Hey, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna yuck Treves yum. But yeah, that's, it, is, it is baby. <laughs> 
give it back. I'll you know what? It. I'm. We're putting it in the cart, right? I I'll take it. No, I grab the freaking baby, <laughs> and I dimension door into the cart, okay. and I won't have to walk and hold it. It's now in the cart. I don't. I don't want it. I'm going into the front. You be nice to that baby. <laughs> if it falls, I got you a seat. if it falls, it falls. <laughs> this is the this is the whole thing. We're just gonna protect this baby, and this is how we're that's, gonna die. That's I mean, uh, really, that's it. Like this is really just the story of, of of baby baby Chimera, Chimera baby. I mean, it's like, hey, you know what? You know, the Mandalorian they had baby Yoda. We have baby Chimera. <laughs> it's it's really all just for a brand play here. I think uh, it, told it, it just ate a frog, and he's like, "Don't do that," but it still did. And everybody, this is all for a shirt. You're making merch out of this, aren't you? <laughs> it's it's real. It's really just we're trying to fill out the uh, the action figure line. Mm. Baby, can true. Hear. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I mean, unless anyone else has any plans, I, I think Bryn would just let that cart burn to the ground. Maybe cut the horses loose so that they can run off on their own. Um, and uh, but yeah, yes, I think aside the horses from that, return to their masters. I think the master's dead. Good. It tasted pretty good. I have I have questions I don't want them to answer though. Why do no, you care if he eats it? To, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe well, Sal gets hungry. I mean, at the very least, we can save some rations tonight. I don't imagine that Sal's going to be too hungry by the time we make camp in a few hours. I imagine that was very gamey. Yeah, I don't know what elf tastes like, but I don't. It's, it's usually you know, elf tastes pretty good, but that guy was kind of an asshole, so it tasted like an asshole. Do you, uh, never mind. It's all good. <laughs> I ride behind one all day. Don't answer. Don't ask that question. Oh, good point. Never mind. That answers my question. Fifty percent of taste is scent. Yep. Sal just gets back in the cart. Uh, Sal would be casting identify ritually once we start getting on the cart or on the road again um just on that collar that's on the the baby oh yeah can we get yeah. It off uh yeah so um you can try to take it off uh but before that uh you would recognize that the uh the collar is a like essentially a collar of control it it, it would give it the ability to like um essentially like keep it within a certain distance um or to like force it to come back to an area uh, or without like with the fear of pain kind of situation. Is there like a lock associated with the collar or do I know like um, with that would, would I understand that like whoever casts the spell gets to control it or there's like a, like a clicker that ultimately like calls the thing back? Or is it just yeah, like I, would, I would say that you probably would recognize that there is some sort of probably likely a control <laughs> module of some sort. Okay. Um, and is there a lock on it, or is it pretty easy to take off? Uh, there is there, there is a lock on it. Uh, there is a uh, you don't know whether it's a magical lock. You would assume, actually it's not a magical lock. It would just be a normal a normal lock. But there is definitely like a lock with a key. Uh, Sal's so gonna look over to a tree. And be like, this is a, uh, it's kind of some fucked up shit. We we should probably just get rid of this thing too. I can't I can't get it open. Can you use your Somehow smaller than my hands to get this open. Oh, oh, I've I've seen this one before. It's a, it's an Iron Make three thousand. It's very useful, very very useful. Um, it's very tricky. Let me try, and I will try to do a lock picking, which I don't know. He I've never knows all the, he loves all the he knows all the brands. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Good old schlag. 
what is luck? I've never done. I've never played a rogue before. Just do. Uh, uh, I would. Yeah, I'll just do sleight of hand. I know that there is a lock picking bonus, but I've, for the life of me, I've never figured it out. It's I, well because he's a rogue. His proficiency should be added to a sleight of hand. Your sleight of hand should oh, be I like. I actually, 100. I think I took proficiency. I actually took expertise in lock picking. So <laughs> I will. That's why he knows. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So no matter what. <laughs> I, I'm gonna roll. I'll we'll just see what happens. I think it's like yeah. expertise means it doubles my proficiency, yeah. and so it's a plus eight already. And then I'm guessing rogues are dex? broken when it comes to skill checks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Math. Hold on. <laughs> that is twenty nine. Damn. Oh my god. Yeah. You look at the lock and it opens up. <laughs> uh, I knew it. it uh, the iron. It, I, I knew the brand. I think you do like a, a like a Fonzie esque like hit it just in the right spot and it just pops open. It's got what well, it's always got one weak, weak latch off about three centimeters. There. Trivia. You you really always impress me. I'm and a badass. <laughs> You're darkness incarnate. And he takes the collar and he like I don't have anywhere clever to put it, so he just kind of tucks it under the the giant suit of armor that we're transporting. Okay. Um, one thing you would know for sure is that uh, there's absolutely tracking spells on that collar, for sure. Mm, that's fun. Uh, Sal does nothing with that information. He just okay. mumbles on his breath, find me, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So, uh, I mean, I guess now at this point you all have, uh, you, you kind of continue on the road past this uh, like burning palanquin and caravan that just uh, leaving the, the whatever that one guard who kind of crawled his way away uh, just kind of to his own devices hoping maybe he can find some sort of better work if he survives um, and you continue forward uh, I, I assume probably playing and, and uh, messing around with this like baby chimera uh, if you all feel like giving a name go for it um, and uh, you continue RPG out throughout the rest of the day. It was a girl or a boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if chimeras have gender. gender? I'm gonna say it's like I'm gonna say it's ungendered. I, I, I think. Uh, Renee. It could be boy, uh, both boy and girl, or Sydney. I've seen, I've seen both. I don't like. I've Renee. always thought. I always <laughs> Sam. A, Sam. A really pretty, pretty name was Cosmo. Thought that was always like a really good non-gender specific name how about we call it problem that's rude it's, it already is i like that that's nice what about maybe i i like maybe i like that name maybe it dies maybe it lives john if you kill our pet that's rude <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna you know what who knows what happens um so uh, you all, you along with uh, your new uh, pet friend, maybe, uh, continue for the rest of the day without uh, any kind of potential issues. Uh, and you eventually get to the point where it's kind of getting, it's getting dark and uh, everyone's getting pretty tired and it seems like it might be a good time to uh, make camp for the night. Um, roll me uh roll me some perception checks to see you know or actually you know roll me sur some survival checks to see what kind of uh what level camp you guys are able to find i i can help with that i have advantage i find it adorable you guys still make camps and i start casting <laughs> liam's tidy hut oh good yeah <laughs> yes let's go wizard 
I just ritual cast right there, like as I was like, oh, what are we gonna find? Like, idiots. 27. Like I, I, there, go, there goes my 27, though. <laughs> Okay, I rolled a yeah. natural one, and I have a plus seven to survival. I say the ranger fails survival checks. Seems yeah. the worst. I was like, oh, uh, I got this. nat one. So we're chilling. In, I'm chilling in Liam's tiny hut right now. Okay. Wherever the um, wherever the twenty seven takes us, I make a hut there. I've never played 27's a seven's really fucking high. I've never played a scout before. This is what they get. So. <laughs> I'll say a 27 is probably be nicer than my Levin's tiny hut. Like you find yeah, a I bigger think, hut. I see a, like a rock that's in the, like the shape of like a crescent moon and I'm like, that's pretty. That's nice. That's <laughs> very nice. Yeah I, yeah, I think that you find, um, I think you find this like overhanging stone uh, that's kind of like laid on. Um, it seems kind of out of place, but it's, uh, it's, it's basically laid kind of like on this across this hill uh making like a very nice uh covered underneath area where Liam's tiny hut kind of fits perfectly underneath there so it's like protected from the elements and hidden from people but also um you know you have Liam's tiny hut so it's, it makes the uh, hut the same same color as the the stone around it too so it's extra difficult to see um awesome so yeah uh you all kind of set up uh set up your camp uh what I mean, I don't think the cart can't fit inside, right? It has to stay out. Oh, yeah, Dallas be... taking the baby in the hut. <laughs> Just not leaving it out there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that'd be like probably the capacity is our group. Okay. Horses and horses and cart need to stay out. And if I would stay out with the cart, being the uh, wood elf, and not having to actually sleep. Awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, as you kind of were all setting up, uh, pull, pulling out bedrolls, things like that, um, I, I assume that like someone would probably, probably want to start cooking food. Um, who would be the one that would like cook? Who's like the who's like the cook for the group? <laughs> like that's Intavar. <laughs> Intavar gets a fire going, but no one is happy about it. Uh-oh. This is well. Uh, this is a good. This is good. Good surplus that I have. It is good for it's, it's very good for your bones. It's like I don't know what is the Sakalian equivalent of beets. Um, I think yeah, that's a good. I think like some some kind of turnip that's um. I think oh, like in Intervar's hands probably like gray. It's like not appetizing in any way, shape, or form, but it's high in nutrients. It's very good for you in the wild. You boil this, you eat them. Here you go. And he's just handing people gray beets, and like they're still very hot to the touch. I grab a fork and I poke it, and I see a little <laughs> come out, and I'm like, oh, we had these last week. I remember what they did. And I kind of sit down and like slowly eat the food. And I'm like. I'm not gonna feel well tomorrow. What they did? Can you eat anything? I like. Uh... You can eat anything if you put your mind to it, but <laughs> these make you very strong, Adela. Very strong. I'm still pretty full from the elf. <laughs> I'm gonna feed one to the baby and see if it eats it. Oh, smart. <laughs> um, I think the goat one does. I don't think. That I think sense. the other two turn their heads up at it. Okay, well. 
picky pants over here. I ate some <laughs> of my cheese. It's secret cheese. <laughs> the secret cheese. The secret cheese strikes again. Sal just kind of says out loud to himself, God, I wish I had cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think Bryn's just uh, kind of you know laughing, having a good time, and uh, eating his gray beets without much, uh, with without kind of any complaint. Uh, just kind of enjoying the the companionship, the camaraderie. So the Intavari, the the fire you set out, I would assume it's outside Liam's tiny hut. Maybe there's a couple like stones or little hillocks, <laughs> whatever that you can sit on. We all die from monoxide. So like we're hot boxing in here. It's very much outside of the hut. Okay. Beyond does not fire, know that I would we be sitting so. just outside of it, small cook fire. That's great. No, I love it. So who? Sorry, Sal would have taken the time again to set up alarm in case in case uh, it missed anything, but he would just do it around the cart again, again protecting just the the merchandise. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I, I think that um, everyone's just kind of hanging out, having a having a, like a, a pretty like humble meal, eating these great beets, laughing about how gross they are, and uh, I think Bryn just kind of looking around at y'all, and you know, it's kind of smiling, and then maybe someone uh, someone catches his, uh, you know, kind of sees sees him, like who would be the first one to notice that like Bryn just kind of looking around, uh, just kind of just like smiling at the at the team and these uh, shenanigans that are going on. No, I got a passive reception of nineteen. Mine's fifteen. Probably you then. Yeah, yeah I think that he kind of. I, I think I think he probably makes sure. uh, makes eye contact with you then, Shreve, and uh, probably starts talking to you first, but then looks around at everyone else. Goes. I just want to thank you all. I know it's uh, it's easy to kind of you know, overlook the things we're doing. You know, it's it's not all about the money, and I know you all wish I could collected a little bit more of that than I do, but. Uh, I think just want to thank you all for helping me make this world a better place for the people that are in it. Uh, I couldn't do without you, so I, I'm not trying to make this into some sort of sentimental moment. We got plenty of road ahead, but I know. Thank you. Of, of course, um, yeah, yeah. You you always treated us nicely. Yeah, no, I mean, you've been around since, uh, since I was a since I was a kid over at the, you know, at the manor, and uh, same with uh, same with you and Tavar. So, it's been uh, you know, old friends, newer friends, just all the same. It's uh, good to imagine traveling with another group. I really um, appreciate that we keep our group to a limited number. That that really helps me with the interpersonal part of it. Uh. I mean, not trying to get emotional, but I tolerate you all. Same. Yeah, well, I know you have that hard limit of four, uh, and anyone else ends up in the in that old T Rex gullet of yours. So, I wouldn't want to object anyone else to subject anyone else to that grim fate. Smart. No, I I would not want to be uh, in inside of the T Rex mouth of this uh, <laughs> tiny little gnome here. Sal, you have a problem, my friend. I think no, no, my stomach's fine, thank you. Oh, emotionally, no, it's not your stomach, my friend. It's a, a, emotionally, but uh, I either way, you, you're I, okay. I I have a threshold, and this this group exceeds it basically. But you know, 
with the goodness that is Bryn, it's kind of offsets everything else. Look, I get, He's it, I get it. too fucking cheery. Is it? Is it? Is he not? I mean, since he, since he was a boy this whole time, don't go into a wolf den. Do not poke a bear. Never listen to Intvar. Never does. Still does that shit. And I follow him around like moron. I do I get that. This is where I got this scar right here. So, uh, I mean, I did learn a lesson that day. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, did I not tell you lesson before you learned it? Well, some of us like to learn things the hard way. Apparently. See, see, she understands. Why do you, why? Adela, Adela knows this as well. <laughs> and she always encourages Brandon doing the bad things. It's a bad combination. Why are they bad? They're learning experiences. Uh, yeah, nothing helps a lesson set. Nothing helps a lesson settle in deeper than a nice deep scar, in my opinion. This is true. I've, I've been here. I've done this. I know this. Yeah. Like when you hid, Treve, and then I accidentally, accidentally slapped you upside the head, and then I found you. I saw air quotes <laughs> that those generally mean you don't mean that, and I don't. Okay. I'm just saying, maybe give us a heads up before you poof. I will tell you when I poof. The the Albert testicle will tell you. <laughs> um. So I. As, uh, as you all are talking, um, you all start to hear something that is, it's very kind of offsetting, off, uh, and it's, it starts quiet, and you're not really able to discern uh, right off the bat what, where it's coming from. But you all start hearing just the words, run, and it's quiet, and you all kind of, when you first hear it, it, you all look around, all in different directions, and then as it kind of repeats again, like maybe 20 seconds later, it's getting a little bit more loud, a little bit louder, and you're starting to realize that it is in your heads. Uh, it is not coming from some sort of direction. Um, what do you all do? Do we recognize the voice? Uh, you don't recognize the voice. It's uh, It's kind of like deep, uh, just kind of like a run. Uh, I cast Detect Magic. Okay. Sense the presence uh, of magic within 30 feet of me. Okay. Uh, you immediately uh, can sense the uh, two things that are magical. Uh, well, a few things that are magical, because you guys are loaded up with magical I was items. Say, everyone, everyone's glowing, but the, yeah, the everyone's non... Going, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's glowing. It looks like a raven here, but aside from that, uh, the... You, I'll just give you this because I think that's more interesting this way. I don't know if it's exactly how Matt Detect Magic works, but uh, you you see uh, as you cast Detect Magic, you see a sudden uh, burst come, uh, a burst of magic uh, that is emanating from that armor in the back of the cart. Uh, oh. I'm really hoping I'm not the only one here in this, but no, I'm magic, here too. No, I uh, magic it's... armor wants us to run. Should I, should, should I poke my head out? Maybe we should go take uh, a look. I think, should we run? I think Intavar in might still be out there. Yeah, and I thought. What, I thought what do you see? Intavar would have been still outside the tiny hut. I kind of pictured that everyone was still kind of sitting around the fire, yeah, but if anyone, anyone's gone in, then... oh, it's a good point. We're probably were eating. Oh, gotcha. Next gotcha. to the fire, okay. we're not in the hut. We're just like eating, and we hear it. Got it. 
And then, yeah, I, as soon as I say it's coming from the armor, I imagine most of us snap our heads to the armor. Do we see anything? Is it yeah. moving? Is it glowing anything? The armor does not look like anything's going on with it. Uh, you just hear one last time and much more insistently run. And that's where we're going to end the session tonight. Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. Tune in next week for the climactic finale of Bryn's Legends. See you there. Thank you.